understand that we desire that you know God, not just know about him, but that you come to know God, not only in a personal Savior, but an ongoing, active part of your life. And we want you to find freedom, freedom from addictions and bondages and things that you struggle with. We want to encourage that, and we desire as a church, you find your purpose. A life without purpose is just a life that ends unfruitful. And then we encourage you that you get involved and make a difference on the dream team and uh, get involved and just do lots of great things. And uh, I believe that God wants to bless you and prosper you. Amen? Hallelujah. I think uh, Ben and uh, that, oh, that woman he's married to, what's your name? Uh, Han- what is it? Hannah? Hannah, yeah. Hannah, are you and Ben here? Yeah, they're right here. Oh, uh-oh, here's Hannah. Where's Ben? He is right back there. Come up here, Mr. Shadow. Me and my shadow. Yeah, bring him with you, Ben. <laughs> ben and Hannah just returned from... Uh, What's that city? San Pedro Sula. Honduras. Honduras. (laughs) And uh, Ben's been going to Honduras, and I was so thrilled that uh, you took your children this time. We did. And you took your mother. We did. Did she pay for everything? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Oh, man. We love her. (laughs) Oh, man. They call her her Granny the Nanny. Granny the Nanny. Nanny, yes. Oh, that's a pretty good word, Granny the Nanny. (laughs) All right. So... Tell me what happened in Honduras. So we took a team of about 27 uh, down to San Pedro. We've that's from different churches, from different and, churches, and different states, yeah. actually as well this year. So and we different were, pastors and yes, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, Good. we're honored. We we're honored to take a lot of first timers. Um, every year we take a lot of first timers on their first in, international mission trip, and so it's it's always awesome to see kind of that shock when they first get um, on the ground in another country. Um, just different everything, um, but then to watch them just move with the Lord um, in the different events and services that we do, just to start to step out and trust him a little more. It's always really special and as a trip leader. you were there, but you guys had built a church right in that area. We had, yes. We've built, um, we've built three churches over the last four years cool. um, down there. So the, uh, the one that we were closest to, the one that we visited, um, is a really cool story. Uh, a gentleman, about four years ago, we were ministering down there, uh, and afterwards we had an altar call, and we uh, called for people to come up um, that were struggling with purpose, et cetera, things like that, and a young couple came up, and they were just married. I think they were about 22, and um, I've never seen someone weep so hard. They were just weeping, and, and the Lord gave them a word, and uh, we come to find out that they were about to get a divorce. The husband was about to try to come up through Mexico illegally to the United States. Uh, They couldn't have a baby, just all kinds of things. And the Lord healed all those things that night. Nine months later, they had a baby. That night, um, they accepted a call to ministry. And so um, Pastor Herman is his name, and he's 26 now. We built him his first church two years ago that sat about 100. 
he outgrew that in two years, and so we built him one for 800. So he's working to fill that one up um, cool. right now. So. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and you pray for the sick. And, Absolutely. And all see that a lot kind of cool of miracles. Absolutely. Our whole team does. Good. Praise God. Absolutely. Well, Ben, we're proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. You too, buddy. You want to say anything, honey? <laughs> yeah, honey. Say something. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get to have a, a women's event. And normally in Honduras, the household is a 70% women only. So it's a mom and kids. Did you just start that this time? Started last year. So pastor has been telling me for a number of years, you should do something. And I said, eh, I just support. But we started last year. We did a... Uh, a women's event, which just means it's like a women's conference, basically. And so hundreds of women come, and they're only women. They don't bring their kids, really. It's just women. And we minister woman to woman. So no man leads, preaches, or anything. It's all women-led. And we get to pray for so many emotional healings. So there's so much rape and abuse from the time that they're about two or three as a female. They're just continually used. And so even if they've gotten married and had kids, they're still abused. Yeah. Uh, so we've gotten to do that for the last two years, and we've seen just phenomenal reports back. You know, we, see, we hear later what's happened in their life, and they've gotten saved. They've gotten baptized. Um, we got to baptize a bunch of kids one night. They got, a bunch of kids got saved, got baptized. So, so you teach the women like karate and stuff so they don't no. get abused? No, no. We teach them how to pray. Don't you think a nine millimeter would be better? It's illegal there. No. Technically, they're not allowed to have those. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Praise God. Good. I knew you're making a difference and uh, just doing a good job. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, last week we took up an offering for Shelby County Right to Life. The reason that we did that was that just a short period of time, two or three weeks before that, the uh, FBI, sanctioned by our government, started arresting people that were voicing their opinion, which we have a freedom of speech. And so this is an issue. Who is in office is not an issue. That, not an issue. Just get over it is not an issue. You aren't going to change it four years from now. You get to change it. But we have to pray for our president. We have to pray for our government and lift them up. So there's no sense in just talking about them, screaming about them. Just get... Lowe's ought to be without ladders. In other words, you ought to buy one and get over it. But... This is an injustice where Christians or people that have a viewpoint are able to express it in America. And this was an injustice, not only an oppression of their freedom, their right to speak out their opinion or their belief system, and it was sanctioned by the government to use excessive force to do so. That is an injustice. That is what we can do something about. We can fight. We can pray. So when you leave the sanctuary today, you're going to get a little card. It has on 
your card, all of the senators, congressmen, representatives, and so forth of our state of Ohio that you can make phone calls to, that you can email, and you can tell them your disappointment about this injustice that was sanctioned by our government against people that had a legal right to voice their opinion about abortion and abortion clinics. And so I encourage you to do that. You know, you can complain that, well, everybody, I don't like this, I don't, do something. My word, just do something. Amen? And uh, so, in retaliation of that, of what I wanted to do, was I wanted to just get us mindful. You know, we don't deal too much hands-on with abortions and so forth. We might know people that have had them, um, you know, and things of that nature, but we really don't engage abortion clinics and so forth here in Midwestern Ohio. But I still want us as a church to be behind organizations that are in our county. And since the church is in Shelby County, I chose Shelby County. And uh, so uh, we took an offering last week, uh, $3,999. David, if you'd have gave one more buck, we could have made four grand. Okay, (laughs) do it today. Well, it'll be 100 today and give it to me personally. Now, uh, <laughs> so what we've done is we've invited uh, representatives of Shelby County Right to Life to receive this check, which is your expression of the injustices that happen through abortion. And uh, so if you guys will please come up. Probably, uh, could I have my microphone down there, Bill? Phyllis says, oh, thank you, Ashley. Probably 100% of the people don't know what right to life is. They see the building, they hear about it, but what do you do? First of all, I'm invited or appreciative of uh, you inviting us here to receive this donation. Our purpose is to choose life. What is life? Who gave us life? God created life. So that's what our mission is, to protect all life, even the unborn. Yeah. And we do everything possible to focus on that in Shelby County. Ways we do that is through education. That's probably the biggest thing that people don't understand really what abortion is, what life is, when it begins, those kinds of things. So education. We also do a program that is post-abortion recovery for those individuals that have had abortions and are just lost. 
we help them regain their own respect, but then also respect God and what, how they can recover from maybe a wrong that they've done. Uh, we have a thrift shop, and what that does for Shelby County, we have over 200 families a month come in for various clothing supplies, mainly for children, the families themselves that cannot, especially in today's economy, afford all that. Uh, we also have a program where, especially the, the young families, they can't afford diapers, baby wipes, formula, which has been a big issue in the United yeah. States as far as even supplying that, and baby food. And we've, uh, we serve uh, around 150 families each month that need that. So that is really our mission to serve Shelby County, start locally, but we also interact with other right to life counties that maybe need a little extra help. They're not getting the funds that they need. Yeah. Uh, extra clothing, those kinds of things. I know we do a lot of stuff with uh, Dayton Right to Life. You'd think in that county that they would have a lot of resources, but they don't always do. So we feel very fortunate, and especially here in Shelby County, that the people of Shelby County are so generous, not only with their money, but with their time and their talent. So again, that's really what our purpose is, and we appreciate everything that... Uh, Everybody in Shelby County does as far yeah, as others. I have heard statistically that more children are prone to be, uh, is it lactose intolerant? They, they don't adjust, so they have to have more formula today than they have at any other time. Right. So, uh, wow, that's great. Well, this is from this assembly. And uh, just to let you know that we believe in life, that we believe in life and abundantly, not only just for the little, but for all. And so we just thank you for doing what you guys are doing. We thank you. Thank you and, and Barb, uh, Brenda, so what, what do, uh, can you add to what he said? Men never say enough. <laughs> no, he did a great job. Um, I, I would add that um, we do have a website, the Shelby County Rights Life website. So if you're interested in joining our organization on an individual level, we're always looking for support. We send out a monthly newsletter. Um, Pastor was mentioning letting our legislation know how we feel as um, the public, right? Those people who put them in office. So there's always a little tidbit on the newsletter regarding um, things that are happening within the state and locally that you can uh, let your legislation know whether you support or not that thing. Oh, that's great, Brenda. Uh, that is one thing we all have to come to. It's not somebody else's responsibility to keep you informed. It's your responsibility as an individual Christian to keep yourself informed and empowered with knowledge so that you can do what you need to do. Amen? All righty, praise God. Let's pray for this organization. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that God, you would touch this organization, give it greater favor than it's ever had. 
God opened up ways that they can touch families in ways they've never discovered. Let families in Shelby County, God, begin to respond, see right to life as a friend and not as an enemy. And God, not just as a political identity, but God as a community connection. Now, God bless this work right to life in Shelby County, and we thank you for it. Amen. amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Mike. All righty. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Amen. All right, we're going to talk about something that will make the 21st century intellect go crazy. We've been talking about the reality of Satan. The reason that we have started this series is because everybody blames God for the injustices that happen in life. You know, uh, well, your house blew down. It was an act of God. I'm, I'm sure that the three pigs tried that. Said, you know, it was an act of God. Well, things that happen that are evil, that are wrong, basic life, things that just do not point to life can be and should be attributed to the devil. Now, you might say, is everything the devil? Well, is all good things God? Yes. Well, then we have to understand that the devil has to be accredited with evil. Uh, even wars, things of that nature, we have to understand that that is the work of the devil. We know that he is alive. And we know that the only place that he can be defined is not out of Hollywood, but out of Scripture. Don't make him any bigger than he is, but don't make him any littler than he is. Don't make him something that he's not, but don't make him something or subtract from something that he is. Now, realize that when we count things evil, it's kind of like you're going down the road and you get to church 45 minutes late. You come in and say, the devil made me have a flat tire. No, he didn't make you have a flat tire. It was bald before you started. What caused you to have, have a flat tire was El Chipo U. Should you, you should have got a ride or something. But sometimes we blame stuff on the devil that is not the devil. So you don't want to get a, a so far out that everything that's happening in your life, that's the devil, that's the devil. I have a friend that I play golf with. Every time he misses a putt, he says, the devil. And so Lincoln and Quinton picked that up. Now you'll hear him. Ah, oh, that's the devil. It's not the devil. Practice putting. Could have get an amen. All right. Praise God. So we started last week talking about, again, how the devil works in our life. How subtle he is. Remember, he understands seed process. 
He understands that he's not going to despise a small beginning. He's going to take advantage of a small beginning. And so, remember when Jesus had this great field of wheat and the disciples said, hey, we've seen some plant in the wheat that you never planted. He said, the devil or the enemy has sown that seed. And that seed was an endangerment to the root system of all those that are around it. So understand, the devil understands the seed process. And all he wants to do is get something started. If he can get something started, he can finish a plan. Remember, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. His own lust. How does lust come? A thought. Remember, if you look upon this woman to desire her, already you have committed fornication. What's Jesus saying? He's telling you that small thoughts begin devastating ends. You have to be careful. That's why it's so important that Jesus Christ is Lord of our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our thoughts, and our activity. Too many of us lend our members to the work of the devil. We think it doesn't mean anything, but it only takes one seed. Have you ever heard the story of Johnny Appleseed? I'm not sure what story you believe, but I think he liked apples and thought everybody should have them, so he just started going through the world planting apple seeds. I don't know if that's true, but that's my rendition of it. And uh, so he planted seeds. So every time we have an apple, we ought to think of Johnny Appleseed. But Johnny Appleseed operated on the level of the wisdom of the devil. And every time he found a place to plant a seed, he planted the seed. Could I get an amen? All righty. So we have to understand that the devil, somebody say the devil. Come on, the devil. He is real in the 21st century. He's real today as he was in Jesus' day. He is as real today as he was in Ezekiel and Isaiah, the 14th chapter. He is as real today as he was when he rebelled against God and was thrown out of heaven. He's that real. And he's looking for some way to destroy the very thing that God loves, us. Us. And so we as a church need to wake up. Somebody say, wake up. Now, we begin to see things that are creeping in that we walk by and say, oh, I hate that. Oh, I, I, I just, I think that's horrible. It, it, can you believe that? But we do nothing. It's kind of like a person that sees a water in their hand and doesn't do anything with it. Get rid of it. It might breed. 
you might end up with one on your nose. Now, let me give you some ideas of how the devil has invaded our life. And the invasion of that life right now is creating a common mental thinking about evil in your children. You know that you could go down to Sydney, Ohio. You could go to Lima. You could go to the mall. And you are going to find stores that are open that are promoting sorcery. You can go and you can find probably in any given city in America witches that are known witches that have stores that teach and propagate and have a 5013C nonprofit corporation number because witchcraft is a religion. And it's considered that. And we have witch stores coming up all over the place. Our children are aware of them. Our children see them in the malls. They see them on the streets. They see them riding in your cars. They see that. And when we don't say anything about it, when we don't take the initiative to deal with the forces that are establishing in that store, in that community, your children automatically think, and rightly so, that that is right because you did nothing about it. Stop the car. Curse the roots of it. Start dealing with it. Take it on yourself to bring victory to that part of your community and involve your children. Then we take them to the fair. Ah, hallelujah, here is the fortune tellers. You say, oh, that's just fun. No, it's not fun. It is not fun. It is demonic, and it is going to take a price or pay a price on your children. Even when you step up and your child says, oh, mommy, give me a nickel so I can get my uh, fortune told stop it that's wrong I hate to lay this on you I just think you ought to just get rid of fortune cookies too don't read it eat it you know we all sit down and we look at the Japanese horoscope then we look at the American horoscope are those things right or are they evil well, they're evil. If they are evil, then we cannot introduce our children to them. Well, I'm a Libra. I'm a duck. I'm a, I'm, I'm a one-footed bird. I don't know what that stuff is. I don't know. Somebody says, well, who are you? I'm Pete Dosak. 
No, I mean, what's your sign? This is what Phyllis says it is. No, look, we have got to stop this because whether you believe it or not, it is enhancing the doorways into our children's lives. You put it off or we put it off as Christians, as nonchalant. Oh, that's just easy stuff. You may even be thinking, well, pastor's just babbling. Lord, we all know this. Really? Then why aren't any of us fighting the fight? How come witches feel at home in our communities? It's not just babble. It is a warning, and I am called to warn you and to watch out for your souls. And I'm telling you that America, listen, what was one of the greatest movies six years ago? Wasn't a Harry Potter? Everybody wanted a Harry Potter wand. In fact, I bought one and tried it. It didn't work, so I had to go back to praying and faster. And you know that's a joke. All right. And so there are blatant manifestation of Satan, his work, and his authority taking place right under our nose, and we are doing nothing about it. Demons are perverting the truth and replacing it with their own doctrine. 2 Timothy 4.1 says that I warn you that the Spirit speaketh expressly. In other words, with much intensity, not just one, over and over and over, he is speaking to us, telling us that doctrines of devils are coming. But we allow and give them place. It is the American way to pollute the land with demonic, godless religions. We believe that everybody can believe or worship the way they want. That's not true. When we do not protect our land, we will end up with a land that is defiled by devils. Now we might say, but well, you can't just hate people. Who said anything about hate? I didn't say anything about hate. I feel very merciful towards those that are blinded. But that doesn't mean I accept what they're blinded by. Look, I would give bread to any Hindu, any Buddhist, and any person, whether they believe like me or not, I would give them water. I would give them a cloak. I would give them a place to sleep. I would help them. But I would not allow them to establish a demonic, deceptive way of worship within the realms that God has given me authority of. I don't know why that is so hard that we think that if we resist, we're hateful. I don't hate people. 
but I do have conceal and carry. Doesn't mean I want to hurt someone, but it means that we are living in a very dangerous world where the focus of God and the focus of others has shifted and man has come to be a lover of himself. And when men have no love or fear of God, they have no government for right or wrong. And so all of this evil begins to come in. We think, well, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't hurt my house values. But it is eroding the roots of our nation as well as the world because we are giving it place. So there are doctrines of devils springing up everywhere. It's being taught in our schools. What type of doctrine do you think that we have incorporated or tried to incorporate in our school system now that a child gets to choose what gender they want to be? They can't even wipe themselves after going to the bathroom. Mommy, I'm done. And you want to let them make those types of decisions? No. Absolutely no. These are doctrines of devils. Believe me, these are doctrines of devils. And I'll tell you where it all started. When the church did nothing about governmental educational sex education. When we turn that over to the hands of unsaved people, we relinquish our right to demand moral justice. Hallelujah. Every believer is responsible for their own salvation. I can watch for your souls and warn you. It's only you that can grasp it and apply it. It's every believer's responsibility to keep Jesus' lordship intact. Luke 6, 46, be doers of the word and not just hearers. We have to start being doers. We cannot watch for your souls by forcing you to do something. You are a free moral agent, and you have to make those decisions. Amen? We can encourage you, but we can't force you. But you have to fulfill your responsibilities. Amen? Just because you get married doesn't mean it's going to be a bed of roses. You get married, you'll find out there's a lot of pricks in that beauty. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Every believer must consent as well as discern the truth 
that they put in their life is not easy, but it can be done, and it does take time. So let's examine ourselves, let's prepare ourselves to live free from sin, and let's prepare ourselves to meet God. To meet God. Hallelujah. So, we as Christians, somebody say, I'm a Christian. Our eyes are being opened at this time. And the reason that it's being opened is because people are looking for truth. And they are looking for truth. So, we as Christians must be ready to give an answer to the gainsayers. That means that we can't give them an answer if we're involved in that which is wrong. Amen? Now, I don't, this is pointed at nobody. I don't think Christians ought to wear scar, skulls on their fingers, hanging from their ears, or on their t-shirts. You're not a punisher. I think there are a lot of things that we do that demote our witness. Amen. When, when I was a, you know, a younger guy or something, I, I might have a woman clad with no clothes on a chain hanging around my neck. But as a Christian... I don't think it should be there. I, I just don't think that. I think if I represent Christ, I should represent Christ. You know. And, uh, but one of the things that we have to watch for is the bewitching of the devil. Bewitching of the devil. Now what does bewitching mean? It really has to do with a fishing term. For all you fishing enthusiasts, which I am one, it's just I never catch none. But I love fishing. Now, the bewitchery is like when you are throwing an artificial bait. It looks like the real thing. But once the fish bites, they realize it's not the real thing. But they're already hooked and hung up. So they're brought to the boat, put in the cooler, cleaned, fried up, and eaten. So sin always leads to destruction. But you have to understand that a lot of people take truth. You know where we get truth at? From anybody that has a mouth. Yeah, anybody that can type. Yeah, that's how we get truth. Well, I've seen on the internet. <laughs> Buddy, that makes you a wizard. That makes you a wise one. Idiots reading after idiots. I, I don't understand that. You've never met the people... Yet, 
You exalt them. You, you, you've never met them, examined them, yet you follow them. What is that? Is it loneliness? What, what is it? Uh, intellectual emptiness? What, what is it that we have to believe or have somebody else tell us what we believe that we don't know? Now, our pastors and so forth are to teach us. But we at that are still supposed to prove that what he said is in the word of God. But, I'm just taking a wild guess, three of you on the heavy side will go home and study what you learned today. But the biggest percentage of you will go home and click on your favorite person that you don't even know. And if they collide with anything that's been said in the house, you take the voice of the stranger. It's just how people are. Because we don't care about our spiritual ability. I'll tell you how I am. If somebody that I know and I've bought books from commits a sin like fornication or something, I throw all their books away. Well, why? Why would I have one? Well, well what they said is still good. If I want unclean things come in my way, yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's just a standard that I've set and I went overboard, but I still want to stay there. I don't watch them on TV. I don't turn into them. I, I just don't. I'm done. Well, don't you forgive? Yes, absolutely, I forgive. But if you think that I think that forgiving means stepping back into the pulpit in six weeks, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. I believe there has to be a standard. And I think that men have to reprove themselves. Well, well we forgave. I, I, yes, we forgave. What about the wife that sits on the front row that has to hear his messages when she knows he's never lived one of them? So, when we are bewitched, we ultimately become deceived. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth, just the truth. Praise God. As believers, our minds have been bound, but they should be renewed and transform us that we will walk in the will of God. A lot of times we let the old mind rule us more than we do the mind that God is offering us. Amen. Amen. I wonder what Jesus would think, and I, and I shudder 
to think that if he came to my house and said, hey, Peter, this is your week. You and I, buddy, we are like two peas in a pod. I'm going to find out what you really, really are. And I've got a record of what you've been doing in the past, and I just want to view the TV that you view. I want to listen to the honky-tonk music that you listen to, which I don't listen to honky-tonk music. Why? I don't want my trailer back, I don't want my dog back, and I don't want that woman that ran off back. So I don't listen to honky-tonk. I don't listen to secular music. I just don't. I remember the old stuff, but I can't help that. And so, and then Jesus came. How would we live if he lived with us for a week? Now, like I said, I hope it goes to all your houses and not mine. Well, are you doing something terrible? No, no, absolutely not. But I certainly don't want to chance him being there if I am. I had a bunch of guys over at the house one time and I was looking, I was watching uh, Kingdom of God. Have ever you any seen that movie? Well, I watched it through VidAngel and had it recorded so I could watch it. I just had a good time. Well, one day I didn't have my recording and guys came over. I said, well, let's watch this, Kingdom of God. Because I'd never seen it in his good version. Well, it wasn't but a couple of minutes, and I heard Ed say, Hey, Pastor, I don't think you want us watching this. So by the time I got in there, it was over, and I thought, Man! No, I didn't think that. Listen, I've been known not to go to movies because they showed somebody's rear end. I don't want to be cracked up by other people. I, I just... I just don't. And then the devil uses this. Everyday overload. Everyday overload. Now I know that all this is simple. But I need to get it out to you. Everyday overload. Things that are constantly bombarding us. The economy. The lack of morals. Murders, mockers, complainers, rebellious things and people. Everything that comes against authority. Do you know how many officers have been killed in the last week? How many people that have been killed senselessly in the last week? How about constant hindrances, constant persecutions, constant 
tribulations, constant discouragement, constant hopelessness being preached to us and presented to us by the news. The Bible says don't get weary in well-doing. And I, I am telling you that hearing all of this stuff will weary you. Joshua told Israel, let us go up. Joshua said, the people of Israel said, our brothers have discouraged us. And we have no faith. All of this stuff is wearing you down. All of this stuff is grinding on you. All of this stuff is trying to get you to become hopeless. Remember Lot, a righteous man, living in Sodom and Gomorrah. He has condoned his two daughters being married to two men that have never known a woman. The Bible says that the righteous man Lot was vexed by their lifestyles. We are constantly vexed by the world that we live in. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it get you down. Keep yourself encouraged. Then the last one. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. These little things that we watch for can help us keep the door closed to the devil. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. And it says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You understand that all the teachings that Paul's speaking about are faithless and hopeless. I speak to you as carnal men. And then it says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye are not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, strife, and divisions, and ye are ye not carnal and walk as men, for while one says, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who, the, who then is of Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase." What is the greatest deterrent of unity? Division. Does it matter whose teachings you follow? Not if you've proven them and known them. But if you just side with somebody. You know, you know I used to hear, well, Brother Hagin said... Brother Hagin never would have wanted you to say that. Well, you know, Kenneth Copeland says, try that on the devil. Well, you know, Brother Jesse 
prophet so-and-so, on and on and on. What is that? That is carnality. We preach the gospel, not what anybody else says. Paul said, there is no other foundation that any other man can lay except Christ Jesus and him crucified. That is to be our message. Not the name of our church, not our denomination, and certainly not people we have never been exposed to. We just need to be in Christ. Amen? Because one is not better than the other, and the other is not worse than the other. We are Christians. We are children of God, daughters and sons. We are all in one, dependent upon one, equal with one. We all have different purposes, and the purposes certainly are protected and honored. But we are the same. Now, does that mean you and I are the same? Absolutely. When I step out of this pulpit, we are. But when I rule this church, make decisions for this church, preach out of this church, now I'm a shepherd and I watch for your souls. And I have to honor you just like you honor me. But when we're talking about this divisive stuff, it is not good when we pit men against Christ. When we choose Apollos over Jesus. When some man and his opinion or his translation speaks to our life more than what truth does and we'd rather hear someone than go to the word, then there's something wrong with us and the roots of it is carnal. So we want to shut those doors. We want to stop the activity of the devil. David, how many years have we known each other? 35, 36. You've been working for me, 35, 36. 30, yeah. Oh, I was going to give you a 35-year bonus, but I guess I'm not now. We'll get that in a couple years. And uh, David, you've been everywhere with me, I guess. Eating, working, hunting, fishing, uh, vacationing. You ever heard me cuss? Ever seen me do something stupid besides choose you as a friend? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) Have you ever seen something like, man, Pastor, what are you, ignorant? No, absolutely not. Because I want to live a Christian life. I want to go to heaven. Amen. 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 And whether you go or not, I'm going to preach to you, but I'm going to, not going to force you. I'm going without you. If you don't go, you go. I'm going. That's right. I told Phyllis when I got saved, I said, know this, honey. If you backslide or if you go to hell, you're going by yourself because I'm not, I'm not going back. Hallelujah. I'm not going back. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Jesus, you are here. I hear those old words. Oh, how he loved me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your love brought salvation. Your love conquered death and hell. Your love stripped my adversaries and my enemies of all their power. You proclaimed over me victory because of your love. Jesus, you died for me when I was a sinner. I didn't even know you. But Jesus, you died for me on a cross. And after that, Jesus, you made a great proclamation to me. If you are heavy, heavy laden and burdened, if you need help, you need forgiveness, you need healing, if you need things transformed in your life, then I am your answer. I am your answer. I am your answer. Come and drink of waters that cost you nothing. Come and receive eternal life. No examination, no qualifications, just complete forgiveness. If you are here today, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is say, God, here I am. And I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. And I believe, God, that He shed His blood for my sins. And that caused His death. I believe, God, that when they laid Him in a tomb, that God, the third day, You, by Your power, raised Him from the dead. I believe, God, that Jesus Christ is alive right now. And I believe that He is Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as Lord of my life.
Lead me, guide me, and I will follow. Make me what you've called me to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, the prayer team will be up here, and I asked you to come and share with them that you made that commitment. Hallelujah. Now, the power of God is moving. Uh, there, there is even a uh, right shoulder that is being healed right now. Uh, I don't think it's a rotary cup. I just see it. It's just stressed. And God is healing that right now. God is healing that. Hallelujah. Seems to me that you're a truck driver or something that has to do with trucks or something of that nature. And God is healing that right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an ulcer being healed. And I say to you, don't worry anymore, for God is your provider. God is your answer. God is your mender and your healer. I curse right now that ulcer. Stop acting up. God, I loose miracles for that ulcer to be healed in Jesus Christ's name. I don't know if this even exists. An ulcerated eye. I, I don't even know what that is. But I'm telling you that God is healing that in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll awake tomorrow and it'll be resolved and it'll be healed, and it's never going to come on you again. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for your power. I thank you, God, for your healing and your mercy. And God, we give you the praise for it. Hallelujah. 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 Ashley, can we sing that new song? Good deal. So we're going to dismiss and let's just continue to pray. Father, for our president. God, for our representatives, our senators, our congressmen. God, all of our local authorities. We pray, God, that you would give them a spirit of justice. A spirit, God, of fairness. A spirit, God, that is directed towards the people and their well-being. God, I ask you to visit them and speak to them in dreams and in visions. God, touch their hearts. Convict them, God, and save their souls. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. See you in the evening. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the 